here tonight. I release the spirit of revelation on this group, whoever else is coming in. We put the distractions of this day to the side, and we focus on you, Holy Father. We magnify you. We put you in our telescope and look just at you the next 45 minutes or so. And Lord, we ask for revelation for each and every one in here. New revelation, something maybe they have never seen before from your Holy Spirit. Father, I close my eyes and I, I lift my hands, expecting you, Holy God, to visit us right now. The heavens are open in this place. And I release the anointing of the Holy Spirit to bathe us once again in your presence, Father. We submit to you freely. We love you, Father. You are a good, good Father. I asked David to keep the music going here because we're, we've got two different parts of tonight. I gave you a handout for one. It says, Worship Within Your Identity. The Lord gave me a prophecy for this church. And I'm supposed to first tell a story. Imagine, if you would, a whole community of people that actually lived underground and never saw the light of day. For some reason, they could maintain life they created a community, but they, were, they had never seen light so that they were literally blind. Then one day somebody opened up that cave and brought them out. And they saw light and trees and grass and sky for the first time. It was revealed to them. They were created to live outside, not under the ground. They didn't know their true identity. The prophecy the Lord gave me was, the Lord is going to use this church and you people to expose identity. You hear me? To expose, to open up, to open up the cave and bring people out into their identity to the individual and specifically to the city of Garland. Does anybody know what the what Garland really means? Out of the dictionary. A wreath, especially one of plated flowers or leaves worn on the body or draped as a decoration. Here we go. An accolade or a mark of honor. That is what Garland, our city, is, a mark of honor. We need to expose that to these people. So that's what we're going to do a little bit tonight. On your um, handouts, it says your name at the top. I'd like you to put your name there. How many in this room feel like they can hear the Lord, literally, personally? You feel like you can hear the Lord? Okay, I'm going to have you guys break up into two groups. Like this group over here, I'd like you all to come together with your paper and a pen and a pencil. This group come together with paper, pen, and pencil. And each of you are going to take your paper. Why don't you go ahead and do that, and we'll set it up. Leanne, if you could go back there with these folks and join this group, just right over here. Y'all gather around right over here. Welcome. There's a handout right back there. You can grab one. And if you can, kind of make a circle. We're going to do this in a circle format. Sarah, you can come up here. If you can, grab a pen 
or steal a pin or something. And if you have your paper in hand with your name on it, y'all trust the Lord? Okay, then I want you to pass your paper to the person on your right. I know, groundbreaking. David has some pins here if somebody doesn't have one. Grab your paper and pass it to the person on your life. Now, go to the Lord. If you guys hear the Lord, and I want you to hear from the Lord an identity of that person whose name is on that paper. For instance, Judy just gave her paper to Jennifer. Jennifer, you're going to hear the Lord saying, Lord, give me an identity. How you see Judy. Not how you see her, but how the Lord sees her. Jennifer, you gave yours to Sarah. Sarah, go to the Lord. How, Lord, how do you see Jennifer? Okay, just take 10 seconds, and when you're done with that, pass it around again. And we're going to do the whole circle. Not what you do for a living. You're a fireman or a teacher. But your identity, a character, a strong leader, a truth teller, a warrior, whatever the Lord says. So write it down and then as you write it down, pass it around again to the next person until the paper gets back to you. Keep going. Just be in the spirit. Try to hear the best you can. The identity the Lord says that person's name is on that paper. David, if you got Ray's, Lord, how do you see Ray? So just hear the Lord. Lord, how do you see them? How do you see them, Lord? This is a spirit-led thing. A lot of these people don't know each other. How, Lord, do you see this person? However many the Lord gives you. And then pass it on. Then pass it on to the next person. What? That's fine. I grace you, David, to hear the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Open it up. Just trust the Holy Spirit. Trust Holy Spirit. This is a good thing. We are revealing identity. A quick word and then pass on the paper. And y'all raise your hand when you get your name again. A quick word and pass it on. Thank you, Lord. Give revelation right now. We release revelation of your identity, how you see us. We trust you, Father. Just give us a word on this person. No copy. Thank you, Lord. If you get your paper again, and the Lord gives you an identity for you, then write that down too. For instance, I'm a father. I'm a teacher. I'm going to write that down. That's how I see myself. It's just a proclamation of who we are. Our identity. And how the Lord sees our brother or sister.
Release revelation, Father. Pull back that curtain. Pull back that stone from the cave and let them see. Let them see themselves how you see them already. Give us revelation, Father. Release the Spirit. When you get your paper, just let me know. There we go. There we go. You got fast downloads? That's right. So this side wins. Y'all are losers. It was a race. Thank you, Father. How's group B over here? You got your paper back, Bray? Dave, you got your paper? All right, David, if you can uh, bring the music down. If you have your paper, just raise your hand. If, if there is an identity the Lord has given you, if he's shown it to you, for instance, a teacher, just write it down for yourself. It's not a prideful thing. It's just how you believe the Lord sees you. I'm a father, a mother, a teacher, a comforter, a counselor, whatever it is. Just write it down for yourself. All right, second part here. Lord said your responsibility is in your identity. What do I mean by that? I am a father, right? That's part of my identity. So where's my responsibility? To be a father, right? My wife is a teacher. She's not here right now, but what is her responsibility? To teach. So your responsibility is in your identity. And on Sunday, the Lord told me, tell the people that they are going to worship within their identity because it's their responsibility. I said, yes, Lord, I don't know what that means. And he gave me some revelation. Let's look up here. First of all, he says, you need to agree with God about your identity. Those words that people wrote down on your paper... If you agree with those identities, just make a circle around it. Maybe somebody missed it. That's okay. No problem. But if you agree with that, or if that's a new thing, just circle that word or that phrase. I agree with the words I am circling. Yes, that's me, or, you know what, I never saw it that way before, but I think that is me. That's my identity. And within that, there's a responsibility there. Then secondly, right now, I want us to all give thanks to God for exposing that identity to us. It is an agreement. It is part of a worship. So right now, privately, but out loud, Lord, thank you for this. Go ahead right now. Lord, thank you for making me this and this and this. Go ahead right now. Say it out. It's a worship. It's a sacrifice. Just thank the Lord. Lord, thank you for making me a father. And I take that responsibility. Lord, thank you for making me a teacher. Thank you, Father, for making me a successful businessman. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and speak it out. Now this is going to be part of our worship, and David's going to be bringing up some more worship music. Um, David, you can get a handout. Oh, you got it already? Secondly, let, or thirdly, let's look at Matthew eighteen eighteen. Truly I tell you, and read it with me please, up here on the screen. I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Who does it? You do. Pastor? No. You do it. Whose responsibility is it? Ours. 
So, here's what the Lord said to me. The worship is in our loosing of our identity and binding the opposite of our identity. For instance, Father, I loose a spirit of fatherhood over everyone here, the city of Garland, in my neighborhood, in my schools, in my businesses. I'm a father. It's my identity. I loose a spirit of fathers over the place or mothers or helpers or whatever. He has given you this responsibility. It's not just for you. It's for you to loose it. Amen? Now, do you get that? Now, what's the opposite? The opposite would be like an orphan spirit. All right? I'm by myself. I'm alone in this world. That would be the opposite of the identity God gave me. So I bind that thought of an orphan spirit. My responsibility. Do you get it? All right, now we're going to worship. David, would you bring up some worship music? I would like you to stand if you want to stand. I'm going to stay seated. That was a joke there. Okay? And you're going to... Thank you, Father. I'm going to agree with you as the worship music plays. You're going to give thanks, and then you're going to loose your identity first on this church. Maybe you're going to loose it on somebody else. Maybe you're going to loose it on Garland, your work, your school, your neighborhood, your house. And then you're going to bind the opposite. Lord, give me what the opposite of that identity is. So just do it individually right now. Lord, I thank you. I agree with you, with the identity that you have given me. I receive that identity, Father. Thank you, Lord, for making me a teacher. Thank you, Lord. I worship you. I lift my hands and I give thanks to you, Father, for making me who I am. I loose the spirit of teaching in the name of Jesus. I worship you and I step into my identity in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of deafness on people's ears. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I loose it, Father. I loose the spirit of fatherhood. I loose the spirit of identity. I loose revelation. I loose kindness. I loose motherhood and fatherhood. I bind the spirit of, of orphan in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you with our identity. This is who we are. You made me this way, and I worship you in it. This is my strength. This is my identity, and I worship you in it. This is the sword that has been put in my hand, and I use that sword for your glory, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Garland, you are a city of honor. You are a beautiful flower. You are an adornment. This is who you are, Garland. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I worship you, Father. You have made me this way. And I am proud of the way you have made me. And I will worship you in my identity. I will use it as a tool for your kingdom, Father. I loose it in the name of Jesus. And I bind the lie that says, I'm not this. I bind the lie in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who got that they are, they have a, a healing ministry or a miracle ministry? Did anybody get that as their identity? I bring healing. I bring healing. Okay, who would like that identity? One, two, there you go. Father, I release this identity of they are healing. 
Now turn your hands up to heavens like you're, you're, you're catching something. Father, we, re- we, we catch this identity. Because you know what? Your word says we're to bring healing to the sick. So we're healers. This is our identity. I agree with you. I am a healer. These hands will take healing from heaven and bring it to the sick in my life. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's my family. Maybe it's my mom and dad. Maybe it's my kids. Maybe it's my city. Maybe it's my politicians. I bring healing to my political environment. I bring healing to my society. I bring healing to the mind. Now let's thank him for it. Individual, thank you, Father, for making me a healer, a communicator of your goodness. Thank you, Father. And I lose healing. I lose healing in the name of Jesus because it's my responsibility. So I lose it in the name of Jesus. And I bind the spirit of sickness. I bind demonic uh, presences that would bring disease like cancer, diabetes, or whatever that's affecting myself, my family, and my community. It's my responsibility, and I do it. Thank you, Lord. If you want another identity, if something seems attractive to you in the kingdom, Holy Father, can I have this identity? And he'll pour it on me. It's your identity. You guys are good people. You're about to rock this city. You're going to expose God's goodness to Garland and your family. You. You're going to turn around. And as you're driving along, you're going to be loosening and loosening. I bind that lie. You are not going to be in poverty, family over there down the street. You're not going to be a family of violence or drug addictions or alcohol. I bind the spirit of alcoholism and I release the spirit of the family. See what I'm saying? It's your responsibility. He's given it to us. It's your identity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have another handout. If I could get Dwight to bring some over here and Judy to bring some over here. Oops, sorry, I hope that's enough. If not, You all can be seated if you want, if you choose to stand, that's fine too. If you need a nap, that's cool too. Thank you, Lord, for renewed energy. Thank you, Lord. You all feel the Holy Spirit? Thank you, Father. Ray has asked us to continue looking at renewing our mind. Thank you, Father. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's tear apart that that scripture right there. Conform. Conform. It's a verb. It means to comply with rules or standards, or laws, to heed, accept, or go along with. Sounds like peer pressure. Go along with. Conform, like constrict. It's kind of binding. You feel pressured into it. Like a convict is in jail because he's constricted conform. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. Let's, we're going to look into the patterns of this world in just a minute. Transformed. Interesting word here. It's a verb, but it's past tense. 
Now, English people, what does past tense mean? It's already happened. Now, it's kind of a strange word to put into the middle of this verse. Don't transform, but be transformed as if it already happened. Be living like it already happened. Interesting. Who's a millionaire in here? Does your bank account show it? But you believe it. And you're acting like it. And you're going to be responsible. You see what I'm saying? Y'all are healers. Have you healed anybody yet? But you're a healer because you've been transformed. Hmm. Did somebody get that? Renewing your mind. An ongoing activity to start again or resume to bring back to new. There's something about kids and faith. They'll believe whatever you say. That's why Santa Claus works for kids and Easter Bunny works for kids, right? Because they'll believe it. They have a baby brain. If mom and dad says it or somebody they believe says it, they'll believe it. What's a scripture about having the faith of a child? A faith of a child. A renewing, a new mind. I'm going to call it baby brain. But it's a daily thing. Bringing your mind back to new daily. Because you already have been transformed. That's what gets us on the right pattern. Lord, it's a new day. I have a new mind. I have a mind of a child. You're my father. You're a good, good daddy. What's on your mind today? What would you like to do? I'm going to follow his pattern. Whew, that's good. Conform to the rules or laws or going along with. What is the pattern of this world? I want us to look into some patterns that the world may have. And let's be honest with ourselves. Have they snuck into the thinking of the church? First one, a pattern of this world is to not trust or don't trust. How many times have we elected a politician because they have promised certain things and then they once they get into power, they'll do something totally different? What is the pattern of that? A politician, we can't trust leaders. Many times in the church today, people don't trust a church leader because of a past hurt from a church leader. Due to a failure of some kind of leader, they don't trust church leaders. A pattern of this world is to not trust leaders. One that gripped me for many, many years was poverty thinking. Okay, Poverty thinking says, I'm going to remain a immature child for the rest of my life, and I'm going to let somebody else maybe take care of me. Or, I'm not worthy of it because I'm not educated, I grew up in this neighborhood, someone else take care of me, I'm poor. Because of perceived inequalities, unfairness, or no opportunities. That's a mind, that's a world pattern. A world pattern. I don't have the resources for God to use. I'm not a good speaker or a singer, or I can't serve because of this, that, or the other. I don't have any talent. How about if I just sit here and have faith? And then God will solve all my problems. Mm. That's world pattern thinking. Another kind of thinking, and I want you guys to come up with some world pattern thinkings here in just a minute. Share them with me. Another pattern is to, to divide. All right. If I don't agree with you, then I must divide myself. 
you know what? I don't know you guys here, but I can be y'all's friends even if we don't agree with everything. I don't have to divide amongst you. I mean, I have plenty of friends in the world that I don't agree with their thinking or their lifestyle, but that doesn't mean I have to divide from them politically, racially, nationally, whatever. It's a pattern of the world to divide, right? And you know what? As a hunter, like the lions do, what they do first is to divide a weak one off, and they devour it. It's a pattern of the world. Conditional forgiveness. I am right, and they are wrong, and I won't forgive until they come to me and beg on their hands and knees. I will choose to live in unforgiveness until they come and say they're sorry. That's a pattern of this world. And if we live by that, guess who's carrying around the load? This guy right here. It's sort of like saying, I'm going to drink poison and hope you die. That's not right thinking. Conditional forgiveness. How about an atmosphere of continual forgiveness? Lord showed me something very interesting in the word, take offense. Everybody heard of that? Take offense. This pen is an offense. She took offense. Let's try it again. This pen is an offense. She didn't take it because I took it away from her. I could be offending you, and you could say, I forgive you, because I have an atmosphere of forgiveness. You don't have to take it. An offense is given, you don't have to take it. It becomes yours if you take it. Many times on TV these days, there are offensive language and offensive things about, right? You know what I'm saying? Guess what I do with that? Bless them, Lord. I'm not going to take that because that's not my identity. I'm not going to be condemning or cutting down my brother, sister, my fellow American. I'm not going to take offense. I bless them, but I'm not going to take your offense. Man, that's good. Big, big pattern of the world fear. Threats of destruction of some kind. Did you hear that ISIS is outside the door and they're just going to blow us up? Did you hear that we're going to hell in a handbasket? Did you hear that the economy, blah, 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 blah. God is a vengeful God and can't wait to crush the sinners. Fearful thinking. It sells newspapers and it sells commercials on TV. Fear. But I tell you, it's a pattern of this world. And it has no business being in our minds or our thinking. Conform. Go along with fear. Go along with unconditional or conditional forgiveness. Let's look at the last one. Last one on my list. There's many patterns. How about law without mercy? Law without without mercy. My God's a merciful God. His mercies endure every morning. Dictators have laws without mercy. Laws passed without the consent of the citizen is a law without mercy. Pride-based statements in the church's policy passed without the submission to the Holy Spirit or consulting the multitude of counselors. It is law based in fear. I've got to have control. A leader is supposed to serve, right? A dictator says, you serve me, and I will put the laws down and not consider all of you. That's a pattern of the world. Give me a little help here. Shout out some other patterns that you see the world living by that may have introduced itself into the church.
selfishness, hate, pride, defeated, I can't, poor pitiful me. Anybody else? This, this side of the... Guys, I'm going to move my podium right over here if y'all don't start talking. Give me some patterns, guys. It's... Pardon? I didn't hear it. Control. I've I got to be in charge. A know-it-all. Political correctness instead of love. Hmm. Interesting. A pattern of the world. Are you conforming to not trusting? Are you conforming to living a life of poverty? Have you conformed to divide? They're not like me, so I can't love them or hang out with them. Be not, be not conformed to this pattern. All right. What is a pattern of the kingdom of God? Or what have we been transformed into already? Hey, folks, there's some handouts up here. Those are old handouts. That was the matinee. You, you get the main show. You just had, you had a prophecy on Sunday, didn't you? What's your name? Oof, Markeith. Holy Spirit's on you and that worshiping wife of yours, too. I got one for you, and I saved the best one for your wife. There you go. Thank you. Good to see you. We have been transformed. It's already happened, if you believe it. Transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Right? What is a pattern of the kingdom of God? One of the big ones that I like is sonship, or what I like to call bride thinking. Jesus is coming back for what? Mm. Is he coming back for sheep? Careful now, I'm, I'm about to offend, you can take it or not. Is he coming back for a servant? He's coming back for a bride that serves. Is he coming back for a soldier that will go out and kill the enemy? No. Guys, he's coming back for a bride. Now, this bride serves. This bride is a warrior. This bride has the identity of everything that's spoken about in Scripture. But first and foremost... It's a lover. Someone that shares your bed. The most intimate, intimate relationship humans can have. It's not even as close as a son or a daughter. A bride is intimate. And that's what he's calling us for. That's what he's coming back for. Bride thinking. Brides have privileges that others don't. But they also have responsibilities. Like a queen. All right? Does the queen have access to the entire treasure of the kingdom? Yes. But she has the responsibility to take care of the whole kingdom too. See what I'm saying? You just don't put it on yourself. A queen has the authority to command armies. But also the responsibility for mercy. For those that need mercy. A pattern of the kingdom that you already are is a bride. Do you have that pattern, thinking of a bride? Number two, covenant love. If you fail, then I will fulfill it. A, co a contract says, Judy and I have a contract. I've hired her to do something. If she doesn't do it, then I don't pay her. That's a contract. If we have a covenant and we're going along on a business thing, if she fails at it, maybe she's sick or something, I continue on and I do it. That's a, con that's a covenant. In marriage, you have a covenant. I will love you 100%, not 
unconditional love all the way. That is a pattern of the kingdom of God. Have you realized you've already been transformed into that pattern? That it is natural or supernatural to think that way? My new friends here, I love you unconditionally. I don't know you at all. I met this one guy here, but I love you because our spirits are one. We share the same spirit, right? That's how I love unconditionally or covenant love you. You're part of my family already. I can sense it in the spirit. I love you guys. That's how we're supposed to bring to the world a um, militant homosexual. I love him. Why? Because God loved him first. And he's my husband. So if God loves him, then I'm going to love him. And how is he going to repent, Ray? Through the kindness. Through the kindness, right? God leads through the kindness. That, that's where repentance comes. Not beating them over the head and picketing them. That we hate them and they're going to hell. That's not going to work. Number three, honor. That's another pattern of the kingdom. Using words and actions to lift up others. Exposing their potential to the world. Wow. Now, pride would say, I'm going to push you down, push you down. And if I push you down, then I'm going to come up. Honor says, I'm going to lift you up, lift you up. And as you're going up, I'm going to come up too. How about that? I honor you guys. I thank the Lord for you guys. I'm going to expose publicly what you've done. And as you're lifted up, kingdom of God, we all get lifted up. Number four, I like this one. Enabling authority or discipleship. Preparing and sending gentle corrections and then reactivation. About three or four years ago, my wife and I came to this church. I had not been under authority for 20 years. I had been hurt by some spiritual leaders and vowed to myself, I'm not going to be hurt again. This man back here in the sound booth was up here on a Wednesday and talked about living under authority. That it's, if it's the right authority, it's not a pushing down and controlling, it is a preparing and sending. I repented, I changed my thinking that night. And right back there with this brother sitting, I met him and I say, I choose to live under authority. And he says, great, now it's my job to prepare you, to send you out, and to empower you. And I tell you, for the first time in 20 years, things started happening. The Lord could use that authority, that structure, to move me forward and on. Since then, my wife and I have written a book. I didn't do that before. Now I'm up here speaking. They are releasing me. That is what enabling authority or discipleship does. Prepares you. And you know what? Along the way, I've been corrected. I got called into the principal's office a couple of times and said, you're out of line here, brother. I'm sorry. Okay, let's go do it again. You see how that works? It's not just a greasy gray self, whatever, just go out and hope. No, there's structure. And there's authority. And if you get out of authority, a good shepherd just taps you back into place. He doesn't take the rod and smash you over the head. He taps you back in place. You're out of line here, brother. I didn't like your tone with this. You're wrong thinking. Let's just come back in. And guess what? Let's go do it again. Until I may fail and stumble again. And then pick you up and go do it again. That's what enabling authority is. Is there any pride in that? No. There's trust and discipleship. Whew, that's good. Unconditional forgiveness. Unconditional forgiveness. If you take this body and nail it to the cross, I'm going to forgive you. If you cheat me and steal me and lie about me and 
pass gossip about me, I'm going to forgive you. That's a pattern. Jesus had that pattern. Did he take offense on the cross? No. Father, forgive them. Why? They don't know what they're doing. That's my mantra. This person that cheated me in business, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Don't hold it against them. Pass judgment. Release grace. Mercy. A soft heart. That's a pattern of the kingdom. Are you guys getting this? Last one. Self-control with mercy. Self-control with mercy. That goes along with law without mercy. If I'm a leader, I need to control this guy and give you mercy so that you can see, wow, this guy has self-control. I will follow him. Does that make sense? If I'm a mother, I have control or self-control when I'm dealing with my kids and give them mercy, not law without no mercy. Considering others first when making a decision. I would like to read Romans 12:2 again with this expanded understanding. And I'm going to go slow and see if we can get this renewing of the mind a little bit more. Romans 12:2 with an expanded understanding. Do not go along with the laws or the patterns of this world. You guys know what the patterns of the world is? You don't have to go along with it. There's not a law that's holding you to it. Because you have been dramatically and thoroughly changed. And since you've been dramatically and thoroughly changed, you can now actively and daily restore your mind to its new state, sort of like a child's mind with no doubt. As I wake up in the morning, I say, you know what? I have been thoroughly and dramatically changed. It's happened. I get to live by the patterns of, this, of, of the kingdom because I don't have to go along with fear and doubt And poverty thinking. I don't have to because my mind is new today. Now guess what happens tomorrow? A new mind. And then Friday, a new mind. It's a submission, a constant submission to the Holy Spirit. What's your pattern for today? Forgiveness? Great. I'll bring forgiveness. Identity to my neighborhood? You're a great neighborhood. I lose greatness and beauty on my neighborhood, and my boss at work, who's not all that beautiful. I release beauty and self-control, and and Lord, I, I release a knowledge of how to be a good leader. Amen? I am going to finish with a testimony. I had old world pattern, and Ray, I will be out of here in two minutes. So y'all, listen quick. I used to be a missionary. This is a missionary's car. True or false? Both. I conformed to the pattern of thinking, I'm a missionary, so I must live in poverty. That was what I was taught. Missionaries barely get by. They wear used clothes out of the used clothes bin. They get stale crackers. And they get around in cars like this. This was my car. It had more rust than paint. I knew it was time to add oil when the cloud behind me going down the road was gone. It had burned through all the oil. I had Poverty, thinking. Somebody gave me revelation and said, you're a king's kid. I had a 
revelation. I had somebody said, this is poverty thinking. This isn't how we're supposed to live. Lord said, would you like the car that I have for you? I said, yes. Then he said, give up that old car. I said, Lord, don't you realize I'm handicapped. I can't get around. He's like, he didn't answer that. He says, you're a king's kid. Give up this old thinking. And for six months, I walked around with no car. He says, what do you want? Relationship. He just didn't put something down. He joined me and says, we've got new kingdom thinking. What do you want? After much trial and much thinking, I said, Lord, I want a four-wheel drive because I was on the mission field. We needed four-wheel drive. I needed an automatic. I wanted something with low miles because poverty thinking says 200,000 miles or more, right? Low miles. And then what color do you want? I said, Lord, I don't know. How about either red, black, white, or gray? Either one. The Lord provided. And he gave me that. That was in 1986. Four-wheel drive. The miles were 1,240. And look at the colors. It's red, black, gray, and white. He gave me all four of them. That's kingdom thinking, people. Now, is that a stretch for somebody? Yes. And if it hurts a little bit, you might consider, am I being conformed or have I been transformed? Father, change our thinking. Show us your patterns. As we wake up tomorrow, we're going to say, I've got a baby brain. I'm new. My mind is new. What's the pattern on your heart, Father? I will not conform. I am transformed. Bless him, Lord. Amen. Thank you, bud.